sports entertainment fans, and welcome to another episode of Inspire AD, where we will go for broke. <laughs> Is this, I get to be like the grouchy veteran here, right? And be like, if you're looking for sports entertainment, this ain't it, brother. This is the sport of pro wrestling on this podcast. Is it, isn't it hilarious how if you ever talk shit on WWE in front of a vet, they'll basically put their finger up and waggle it in front of you like, you best not talk shit on Vince because what are you drawing, brother? But if you say sports entertainment, man, they fucking hate you for it. They'll, you know, they'll try and give you a swirly or something, you know? Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, oh, God. Yes. We gotta talk about this. We just mentioned this briefly. Uh, we, we, we talked about that for the name of Dusty Wolf. Now. Yeah. He's, he's one of your... Yeah, awesome he's, he's one of my guys. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, but the reason guys don't don't talk shit on WWE, that's the big... Because they're still trying to get that paycheck, like, for God knows what. Like, I'm sure Bobby Horn's still waiting on that Man on a Mission documentary or something, right? <laughs> I like Bobby, but, you know. Um, yeah, du- um, and I'm sure by the time this comes out, it'll be announced. But, yeah, Dusty was just did a documentary about job guys, your your staples of Saturday morning jobbers, wrestling. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, and I'm really pumped for it. I really want an eight-pack of jobber <laughs> figures. <laughs> I could do a jobber rumble. Oh no! I would no no. Yes, no. <laughs> if we had jobbers, we'd be doing stuff that was just like self-aware. Like, this is the dregs. <laughs> Who's gonna fucking fight for this pork chop on a stick or some shit like that? Uh, don't knock a pork chop on a stick until you try it. Uh, I wasn't. Man, I know. I know. I, that's... If if I can ever get at um, <clears throat> Oktoberfest in fucking New Braunfels a wrestling show in the middle of that chaos. Number one, I will eat a shitload of pork chops on a stick. But number two, like, that's that's a dream. You hate those environments, don't you? I don't hate those environments. That, like, they, that, that's, I want that, man. I want that crazy no, festival. No, I'm always, try, I'm always trying to get a ring into someplace stupid. What are you talking about? If you know anyone that knows anyone that runs the fucking Oktoberfest in New Braunfels every year, you hit, hit me up. I want to get a fucking this, wrestling ring. Look into my eyes. Yeah. This is the man that tried to throw a wrestling event at the domain. Yeah, that's true. Okay? Holy fuck, that's right. <laughs> don't, uh, don't ever underestimate what dumb shit I will do, okay? Man, those guys, that fucking management group, fuck them. Yeah. Sorry. That place should burn down. Ruined I kind of like the domain, but no, yeah. yeah. Anyway, ruined your childhood. You're still all going I'm still on, on the IBM. The park. IBM fucking park was where all my fucking childhood birthdays were, and they bulldozed it for a goddamn you red be, rose. thinking them. Fuck no. It's depressing. Some of my most depressing nights have been in the domain. Yeah. But I digress. You hang out at that, that strip of bars. Oh, out so there? bad. It is really bad, isn't yeah. it? It's kinda like it's kinda like a Disney bar strip. Yeah, like yeah, it's like you're in the it's like if Disney World made a sixth street, like that's what it would fucking oh, look man, like. Oh man, yeah. But wow. yeah, I digress. That's where we had some pretty depressing Inspire meetings, oh, actually. We did. We'll get to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll get to that at some point. Um, well, speaking of the company almost dying. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, this name is definitely from a time period where we were worried. Yeah. You know? No, no, yeah. This is where we go broke. Um, so, anyway. No, so... Going into the show, though, we, we were kind of, uh, before we we actually hit record, we're talking about um, Sammy's place here. Yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, we have to make it abundantly clear that we weren't hot potatoing the title like Keith's reign was pretty fucking long at this yeah. point. And 
I feel like Sammy had arrived. No one was indifferent to the guy. You either wanted to see him get killed or you wanted to see him do something crazy. You you either loved him or loved and hated him. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, you know, he, uh, it was the right time, but uh, his internet popularity kind of, kind of, Kind of stuck up, snuck up behind behind us and stole our wallet, man. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So this is where he started getting like bolo bookings and became like an indie darling, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, what we're basically trying to do is the fucking yodler from the fucking uh, Price Is Right game, right? We're trying yeah. to get that sucker as high as we can get it, right? And Keith is jumping, and now we're gonna put it on this other guy, and he's gonna build, right? But man, we we didn't anticipate how quickly Sammy. Uh, became in high demand. I mean, I kind of this is gonna sound. I don't think he'll get mad. I think he'll laugh because I know Sammy. But I kind of counted on Sammy being kind of so much of a fuck up that no one would be hiring something big. Yeah, you know. And yeah. I think even like looking at some of the shit that he went through over the last year. <laughs> I, was, I mean, well, yeah. it was a good bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you know, he that the problem is that he didn't do all the fucked up shit until <laughs> until he, he actually he was smart. He yeah. waited a little bit. Um. Before fucking up, but but nevertheless, yeah, uh, I was kind of I was kind of like thinking, ah, oh, I was gonna that guy that kid is amazing, but I can't I can't see him going anywhere anytime soon. How wrong I was! I thought he would have to mature a little bit. Nope, no, just um, straight up, straight up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this is a this is an interesting card because also if you take a take the four out of the title, go broke. Woo. Yeah. It's about where we're at, huh? Yep. Um, this, is getting, this is getting rough. This is uh this is actually one of my favorite cards, you know. Um it's an incredible yeah. fucking card. It may be one of our best cards. Yeah, Ecstasy of Gold three is pretty pretty high up there, but man, this is this is awesome. This is a crazy amount of talent for a card. Yeah. Um but yeah, this is I mean going into this we're we're doing more uh Lawless Darkness build stuff. Uh of course, the winners are here for semi-final matches that are peppered throughout the card, uh, and it's just it, dude, it's just loaded with with people that you recognize yeah. now. Uh, but anyway, man, let's go straight into it because even the first match right out of the <laughs> gate, we have someone. It's a gift. <laughs> it is a gift. Uh, we have Davy Vega doing something interesting because we're doing a title defense later on in the card with Delilah Doom, and it, as she is a dual title holder. Uh, she could not wrestle to defend the Twin Dragon Connection titles. And so we got to enact something that we don't do very often, where Davey Vega got to defend his title, just his title, not both, but just his title. Which meant that if he had lost this match, potentially Doom would have wound up with a new tag team uh, partner. Yep. Uh, so Davey gets to do a singles match, and he gets to work, work some, uh, man, some just people that i know are great wrestlers but he's also got uh jonathan grisham in yeah the mix. and this was like what like we got like a week notice that we had him yeah it was last second uh he was in town for some family obligations and uh was looking to pick up a booking as guys are known to do <clears throat> and gresham this was one of the rare times he wasn't exclusively signed somewhere so we were able to pull him in and he knew vega so I think Vegas actually who reached out and went, hey, um, he's looking to get work. So 
originally this was I think a three way or a, a different match. Yeah. But it's you know it's Vega. I think it was just a three way. Yeah, Vega, Gregory James, and Alex Reigns. Um, and great four way. Uh, Alex injures his knee at some point in this match. He's able to complete the match, but it's obvious that he's pretty hurt. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think he tweaked or tore some sort of ligament, maybe partially, but Oof. it definitely this is. You know, one of the last times we see Alex. Yeah, um, but not because of the injury. Yeah, just because he moves on to greener pastures and yeah. becomes a, a wrestling promoter in Denver, I believe. Yeah, is that is that a marijuana reference? Greener pastures in Denver. Uh, I guess. No, I mean, no, not really. <laughs> not at all. No. But yeah, he, um, Alex, you, you ruined my good. My good. You ruined my non joke <laughs> by making a joke. Um, he's doing cool stuff up there in Denver. I think. Um, I forget the name of promotion. But it, it, it's great. Yeah. Like, check it out. Alex is a great guy. Um, <clears throat> um, what this breaks down to, though, is a Davey Vega and uh, Gresham one-on-one encounter, which is fucking phenomenal. Oh, man, it's awesome. Because <clears throat> yeah. so, it's an, elim- an elimination match, yeah. so we do so have the, a two-minute stand. The last, last two are Gresham and Vega, and they just they just tear it up. It's awesome For to real. have that in our ring. Um after that, we have a really fun match, and I think, I think this was something that we really wanted to build upon. Like, I think uh, there were similarities between the two guys aesthetically, <laughs> where we were like, "Oh yeah, Gary J, Cody Lane, Cody could be Gary's kid." I think we even planned on at one point, like, kind of pairing them up and just making Gary Cody's fucking <laughs> uncle or some shit like that. His, his stepdad. Yeah, but this is a Lawless Darkness uh, semifinal match. Uh, this is. This yeah. is, they beat the hell out of each other in this. Cody Cody steps up to the plate here. Yeah, he does. Because, you know, Gary Gary is known for those chops and his strikes at this point. Yeah. And Cody hangs in there with him, you yeah. know? So, uh, tip of the hat to Cody, and I think that went a long way to how quickly the crowd fucking latched on to Cody. Was, yeah. Uh, just the, the guts and fortitude he showed and stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great match. Uh, and from here we have uh, a, a, a J-Watch three-way stemming from our match where Jojo Bravo, uh, uh, he uh, authoritated a number one contender match that was kind of a, uh, just kind of ran aground. So we wound up with a three-way with Alley Cat and Ivory Robin who were previously uh, competing for number one contendership, now being both in a match with the champion. Um, but, yeah, this this uh, this is something that I really wanted to play with. I had I had bigger plans for doing something with Cat and Ivory. Uh, Allie was really left in a lurch uh, after her original tag team partner uh, left, had moved out of state. Yeah. Um, and so I was trying to find someone that I could kind of pair her up with. But I needed kind of a journey. I needed... To build someone that she could become a teammate with. Yeah, we couldn't just slap slap her together or something. No, right? I wouldn't have felt right. And what's funny is, like, neither Allie nor Ivory seemed to understand that some of the stuff they were doing in front of the audience was sticking. Yeah. But they didn't, they just, they didn't bite. Um, in the previous match, we saw Allie and Ivory team up against a, a foe in, uh, in Jojo Bravo. And here we have... A match with them both in it against him, and of course, again, 
there are rings of them kind of having a respect for one another yeah, and, and some teamwork and chemistry. Yeah, yeah right? there is teamwork. There is chemistry. So, yeah, there we have that. Um, but, of course, Jojo, dastardly as he is, goes over uh, and and walks away with the G, with the, the J-Watch once again. <laughs> <clears throat> Still pissed off that he never stopped time with the watch, but whatever. Anyway, uh, fun match. Kind of world-building stuff, trying to build some history between characters before we launch something off with them, uh, and we'll get to that at another uh, at another date. But uh, some of the stuff happening between them does hint at what is to come. I just don't know why they didn't really get it, but whatever. Anyway, up next we have a singles match. Yeah, this was Matthew Palmer versus Cherry Ramone for Cherry's ability to dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course Matthew is with. Roxy Castillo. Yep. Anyway, yeah, we're you know we're trying to figure out things. We, we we talked about how Matt had this gimmick idea where he would basically wrestle other people, and if he beat them, he would take elements from them, like gear. I believe at one point we decided he was going to take someone's entrance music. Yeah, he was going to take their moniker. Like we were it, kind of building up to Showtime Scott Summers versus Showtime Matthew Palmer. Of course, Cherry has his ability to dance. Um, because people really love Cherry and his dancing. It's a, it's, you know, a big part of his identity. We're, we're building heat here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Matt comes out with Roxy, who is there very grudgingly and ridiculing and trying to mold Matt, but he's just so goddamn stubborn. But yeah, he makes this, uh, he makes this declaration that, uh, if he beats Cherry, he wants, he wants to make it so that Cherry doesn't dance anymore. Which is just more mean than it is him <laughs> taking something because it's not like Matt starts coming out and doing being dancing. able to dance yeah, like Cherry. He doesn't, which would have been amazing. But you know the commitment, <laughs> the commitment <laughs> to the gimmick was not there. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a fun match. It continues this, you know, this tear with Roxy. It moves us in a different direction, uh, which is more fun than what Matt had been doing. I mean, we we kind of we say hey, it was a fun match, but. Like at this point, <clears throat> Palmer is one of the most underrated, and even to this day, I think one of the most underrated performers in independent wrestling. He's like, one of my favorite wrestlers. Cons- I see, so I consistent. That, yeah. Not not even blowing smoke. Um, Matt is a phenomenal person with a theatrical background. He has an amazing life story, and I think a lot of his background as a drama and theater kid really plays into how he tells stories in the ring. I think it's something that very few wrestlers have. I think the only other guy that really kind of matches him that I know uh, that that is a wrestler that does that is Will Alday, yeah. um, which is why I always thought they'd be such a great a great pairing together, and, and ultimately were when we did have that match. But um, yeah, Palmer Palmer steals it steals the show again, as always. But yeah, fun match. We're going somewhere with this. Something is about to occur at the next show that changes things drastically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll go into that. Yeah, there'll be we'll plenty of time week, yeah. to go into that. Yeah. All full bore. Um, this match I really love. This is Heavy Hearts versus Steve O'Reno, who we know you know the Heavy Hearts ran out, attacked Steve O'Reno because he embodies Austin. So they hate Austin. They hate the fact that the hypocritical these liberal Austin. hypocritical liberals have fat shamed them. Um, and he goes into his history, into his Rolodex, and he calls on uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, a very good professional wrestler, Dasher Hatfield. Yes, sir. Um, 
Uh, who and you also know, builds on Steve's relationship with the Chikara guys. Yeah, is, you know, fun. and you know, and this is the heart. So there is a, a Chikara connection there. You know, um, just really nice to have Dasher back around. <clears throat> Dude, we've got to talk. I, we're going to cut in right now and talk about this part. So this was the show where um, Dasher went before the show and worked out at the arm wrestling gym. Yeah. So we had the arm wrestling <laughs> table at this show. And uh, I think this is where Matthew Palmer beat the kid at arm wrestling. Yeah, but then he also got beat. <laughs> yeah, he got yeah. beat by um, by a female arm wrestling competitor. Yeah, so Dasher goes and works out at this gym and then comes back. And he's like, oh, bro, bro, <laughs> met these guys. <laughs> I went to this gym. But I think he'd have previously kind of had some sort of, uh, like, he'd, he'd kind of known who they were. Like, um, he, he deliberately went there. And uh, de- um, my good friend and injures as well, Destiny, Yeah. Um, knew what the, her nutritionist also worked there. So she had the connection, and I was like, I kind of reached out to her and was like, hey, do you know where the closest Gold's Gym is down here? And she's like, I don't know that area, but you're right around the corner from my buddy whatever's gym. Like, yeah. just go tell him that I sent you. So we dropped Dasher off, yeah. And he hits it off with these guys. and like, yeah, you guys should bring the table up there and shit. Yeah, so we, we basically, because we always had, like, people who were sort of sponsors, but didn't really do shit. Yeah. You know, we just kind of, like, said, hey, you can have a table if... You promote the show. Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes paid off, sometimes didn't. But these guys, kind of last minute, showed up, set up a table, and they set up the, the arm wrestling table, <laughs> uh, which we make use of uh, after this match, I believe. Um, which, it's, it's, and it was, it was a great moment. It's like one of those moments where we're, we have other stuff going on in the venue. Yeah. Other than wrestling. The, the like, world. The, the creating a world, man. The world yeah. creating is fun. But, yeah. <clears throat> so... This this match for the the heavy hearts are victorious. Um, they actually pull um, Dasher's mask off. Yeah. So Dasher's rushed to the back in classic lucha fashion, which I geek out to because I love the spot. Uh, towel over the head. We get in the back, which leaves Stevo in the ring with just the hearts. At this point, JoJo runs out, and we do another uh, trope. You might not expect this to be like. A, a big thing that I'm in, but I think you were behind this oh, too. Oh yeah, I was huge yeah. on it. I was over the moon for it. So they spray paint Steve-O pink. Yeah. Right? And put the HH on him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they beat is, the hell out of him and spray hey, paint yeah. him. And, and yeah, and you know, they, they really degrade him. Yeah. I tell you what, the, the crowd was not suffering from a, a lack of heat on these guys because of a botched fucking, um, no, you know, no, I mean going back to that that first moment where they really go nuts and beat the hell out of Steve. People are mad at them. Then there's heat. This the crowd isn't dead, and they weren't <laughs> yeah. fucking dead here. No. They they were pissed. They wanted blood, right. and this is a great moment. Like with JoJo kind of unifying with them. I don't think JoJo was necessarily stoked on this on this uh, pairing, but I thought it, it worked. And it, it's and right it, up JoJo's alley. It is, but he was. I think it was kind of lukewarm on it. I don't know why, but I loved the idea of Jojo just kind of being in the corner of these guys and being also, you know, he always plays on this, like the smallest sumo kind of guy, like character or whatever. I love the fact that he's a guy who generally plays being fat, being with legitimately overweight people. Yeah. It was, it was cool. And I say that as a bigger person. Um, 
but yeah, that was that was a great moment. Anyway, after after this, like yeah, there's tons of heat. People are pissed. Steve has to recover, you know. Uh, and we go into intermission where Matthew Palmer <laughs> is over <laughs> at the arm wrestling table. You probably have a better recollection of this than I do. Oh, I I know that um, he went he arm wrestled the kid right, and everyone's thinking, okay, he's gonna let the kid win. No. And in typical heel fashion, he just he teases the kid and then slams him down. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then he um. He takes on one of the the female competitors, and um, right, like it's it's close, and then he takes on like the guy from that. I guess this guy was like in a documentary about arm wrestling, yeah. and like the guy just holds on his arm and like smashes his arm down multiple times, and Palmer's like hanging off the table. It's it's really a lot of fun. Um, so. This next match coming back from intermission is a part of, like, it's a, let's set the table first. So, the new movement has basically reset at this point. Um, Roxy's gone, so yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris True. Chris True comes out. Yeah, and he. Makes an announcement. Yep, so he is bringing in his new assistant, which is Dan the Man. Um, he basically comes out and goes, it's time, I've made stars. Yeah. So I'm nullifying every contract right now, currently. And now I'm going to make new stars because that's what I do. Yeah. It's very arrogant. It's very <laughs> like, I'm here to make the next gen yeah. of of Inspire Pro. Yeah. So he brings Dan out, which Dan the man is now his assistant. And uh, Dan is the host of this, uh, this basically star search uh, six-man tag, right? Which uh, this for me is like Christmas morning, this right? Is insane. Because I get to sit there and go, okay, here's these guys I've had my eye on. Here, let's just toss them together, right? Um, so the group is, you know, Aston Jacobs from uh, DFW, uh, youngest member of the XCW school. Uh, Rex Andrews, who is like the star of the fucking Booker T school. I think he even had their title at this point, right? He did. So him being yeah. like the star search guy. Uh, T-Ray Watford, which I'll give the devil his due, was a guy that T-Ray, or that TJ uh, was like, hey, we need to look at this guy, right? Yeah. And then we got some footage went, yeah, you're right. We do need to look at this guy. Um, I, get, I also got to say, there's one hilarious thing and one thing that I hope we can kind of like add in as a wrinkle at some point. But Ashton Jacobs' dad... Flew him down here in a <laughs> charter plane. That's not a private jet. It was it was just a charter plane, like one of the little Buddy Holly killing yeah. planes, you know. So, but like, yeah. So like, he flew him down here. Like, I've always wanted to make Ashton's dad, who is a believe, like has a wrestling background. I've always yeah. wanted to make him a character because Ashton is very proud of his father. And I always wanted to do this angle where Ashton is just like, oh, yeah, well, my dad, my dad. Which is, I love the fact, like, when Ashton shows up with that big old fucking goofy grin, and I hear that it, and his dad shows up, like, you know, it's like, yeah, my dad flew me down yeah. here. And I'm like, oh, my God. Ashton's, what a character. Yeah, and Ashton's dad is one of my favorite. I would brag about Ashton's dad, too. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, an ex-Marine, he ran for uh, ran for state rep in uh, Denton County, like, just crazy backstory, like yeah. one, one of those guys that just does stuff, right? Yeah, I really want him to actually be a manager for Ashton. Yeah, because he and I want him to say nothing, <laughs> just have Ashton brag about him the whole time. He can cut a promo too, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I did not know. I, that. I've seen. I, I was there for Ashton's debut, so I, I've seen both of them wrestle. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, 
Well, uh, it, but anyway, so yeah, that that covers one one side of the hopefuls who basically whoever wins this is going to be the next foundation of of the new movement's the, next chapter. As Dan phrases it, the new improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Which gets him a, a hearty round of yeah. boos. Um, yeah, people hate him right out oh, of the gate. Oh, he's replacing Roxy. There's like, no. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other side, there's another team, though, that's vying for this honor, <laughs> in air quotes. Um, we have, yeah, we have... This, this team is perfect for this. Like, yes. because, I mean, like, it's a star search, but, like... The fix is in, you know, like, and this is a beautiful group of baby faces to be oh, on the other side of that. It, you know? is the, it is so white, it's glowing. <laughs> white meat, white yeah. meat. Yeah. So we open the forbidden door, if you will, and <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Lennox uh, from Wrestle Circus fame. Um, Al Linhart's brother. Yeah. Yes. He, uh, he debuts with us here. Um, Jordan would come to the shows. He really enjoyed what we're doing. He wanted to be a part of it. Had for a long time, and this was just a really great way to kind of put out not not so much an olive branch for like the companies because we you know we were getting along with them yeah uh, very well, <clears throat> but this was a chance to kind of um, Jordan was only really wrestling the Wrestle Circus shows, so this was a chance to kind of <clears throat> pull him out of that Jordan, and into the the actual scene itself. The one thing that was vastly different, I think, from from what. Uh, obviously, from you know, from uh, Wrestle Circus and us was that yeah okay they had they had a lot they had collateral to burn <laughs> but we were also still the company that relied heavily on angles world building history you know yeah and Jordan was a guy that had been paying attention to our shows for a long time and he really wanted to do some stuff like that and uh, so you know I, and I was I was like he was like I think the only guy over at Wrestle Circus that really had an ongoing angle. So I was I was eager to do something with him because he was a nice guy. Yeah. And he was a he he'd been following our company for a while. He was I'm I was always surprised that he actually never reached out sooner. Yeah. Um but yeah, so we have Jor Jordan Jordan Lennox. And then of course we have on the same side, uh one of his teammates is Kylie Ray. Yeah. And this was somebody I didn't realize was in Houston at the time, you know? Um I knew that she did stuff up in Chicago. I had no idea she was based in Houston, so it was this was actually Ryan Davidson, right? Yeah, going, hey, this girl at the school is really good. Why don't y'all use her? Well, who? Kylie Ray, like this Kylie Ray? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, we need to get on this, right? Yeah. So this was cool, um, Kylie Ray, and then uh, Shinge from the uh, Funaki School. Yes, uh, horrible, horrible injury. Um, you know, history uh, kind of held him back, but. A really talented young guy that Funaki had brought over from Japan to, uh, I don't want to say excursion because that's not exactly what was going on, but he was <clears throat> in San Antonio training with Funaki um, and then also part of the Kayantai Jojo back in Japan. I also believe that this was, uh, uh, he was brought up by Dylan Dunbar. That's who right. Was, who was always yeah. like kind of our, uh, you know, he was the guy who was the in at, uh, at Funaki school. This is one thing I will praise Dylan for. No matter how he felt about us at any given time up to that point, he always called us when there was an op when, when he knew that there was an opportunity to book somebody. Yeah. And and that was I always thought really big of him because yeah. he'd made made it vocal that he didn't really like me at the time, but he still said, "Hey, this is a great opportunity for you and this person 
what do you Let, think? Can we do business? And I was like, yeah, let's make it work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah multiple times. Um, you know, that was the case. So, and of yeah. course, if you don't know Dylan, uh, you should hey, Dylan Dunbar, uh, yeah. was, is, is the guy who runs heavy metal wrestling out of San Antonio. We, we get along with him right now. <clears throat> yeah. So we'll see. I don't Have know. No I don't know. Dunbar, you, you, Keep your P's and Q's together, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we'll get into Dunbar later. There's plenty to talk about with Dunbar. Plenty of time to talk shit. No, no, we love we love Dylan. We respect what he's doing. What is with this dude? All oh, fucking day, man. That guy is. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Fucking day. There's some dodgy shit going on <laughs> in my neighborhood. This is this guy's driven around the block the, about thirty times. He's been driving around the block for the last three fucking weeks, man. It's <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah, he's got a bowl cut. <laughs> got a bowl cut and a rattling truck. Okay. Anyway, sorry, you guys don't care about this. I'm gonna do they, a neighborhood they, watch they podcast, dude, and they'll tune in. Like, I know they they don't come here for the content. They come here for the banter, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, no, but anyway, this match is a lot of fun. Uh, this this was actually really impressive. Yes, yeah. it, it is more than I anticipated, but it, it was also great to finally see Rex uh, in action. I'd only been like seeing videos and stuff. Uh, T Ray had been showing up dressed like he was going to church. Yeah. for a while at this point, like he'd show up wearing a tie and slacks <laughs> and fucking set up chairs. Yeah, and I, he, I was like, why did this guy get here from his fucking job at fucking like? A car dealership? <laughs> What's going on here? He he was all right. Yeah, and he decent. Yeah, T Ray always would show up, and <laughs> I remember like going like, "Why the fuck are you dressed like this?" And he'd go, "Oh, you know, man, you got to dress well for the job that you want." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> damn, you were a go getter." I wish I, I didn't understand. I was like, "This this isn't that big a deal, man. You're setting up chairs. Like, I don't care what you wear when you're setting up chairs. I mean, like the fact that you're yeah. just here." It puts you ahead of like yeah. tons of people. But I mean, that mindset right there is so so incredible, right? The um, to just take that extra effort to say, okay, I know I want to look presentable because I mean, I mean, Ricky Starks never showed up in fucking sweatpants. You know what I mean? No. Um, you know, God damn it! Now we're gonna have a million young boys showing up in fucking button up t shirts. Fine, so long as they shower. <laughs> you know what? That's most important hygiene. Because sometimes people show up. And they fucking reek. You know, like they just got out of the gym or they rolled out of the back of their car, sleeping outside the school they're going to. Some shit like that. Listen, brother. It's a hard knock life coming up. No. They're going to spend all no, their money not. on the uh, no, on the wrestling. Yeah, man. No. Eating raw potatoes. Get up a goddamn truck stop. I don't care. Anyway, no, this this match is a lot of fun. Of course, Ashton, Rex, and T-Ray go, go over and become the foundation of the new improvement. Um <laughs> Which is great because, like, they also kind of like slight the previous slate of guys that they had yeah. by doing this. Basically, just like saying we're on to bigger and better things. And like, what better like heel thing to do, right? Yeah. These beloved, this beloved group. Now they're going, nah, fuck those guys. Yeah. Like, we're the we're the real deal. Really, the point the point here was that we felt we could do something by pitting Roxy against Chris. Like, we, yeah, that was really the the idea of this, and of course. We loved Dan. <laughs> Dan was hilarious, and Dan, nobody could get heat like Dan, man. Um, great, <clears throat> great, uh, just great moves in terms of expanding stables and just doing interesting things with uh, non-wrestling personalities. Uh, but yeah, anyway, great match. 
uh, Ashton Rex and T Ray up, and that is the foundation of uh, Chris's new stable. Yep. And moving right along, we get to another Lawless Darkness semifinal uh, with Andy Dalton and Ryan Davidson. And once again, I guess I'm just going to go over the the concept. Lawless Darkness. This is a very sexy match for Pitts. <laughs> yeah. He's really excited. He's he's rubbing his hands together um, like a goddamn fly. Right? I'm half chubbed right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> but the, the the concept is we have a series of uh, tournament uh, matches leading up to an ultimate match where there is. Uh, going to be a, a ladder match for a badge uh, suspended above the ring. And whomsoever manage, manages to capture this badge will have the power to flout the laws and rules of an Inspire Pro for the term of one year. So you can basically break any rule you want and do whatever the fuck you want. So it's a it's a cool concept. And it's, and it's almost tailor-made for either of the guys in this match. Yeah. Well, this is also Ryan has done is down at ROW with book and has done really like TV stuff. Yeah. So I really like this idea of kind of giving him some some sandpaper, some grit by aligning him next to more of like the hardcore type stuff. Yeah. And, and I really do that later on. Um, but just by putting him in this environment now, not only is he this huge hoss. But he's this Utah that has a little bit of edge to him, you know. Yeah, and I also kind of like this this match because I think we'd even talked about how previously Andy, uh, after he made his face shift, I I didn't really go how I wanted it to go because I I didn't really feel like Andy should have changed much, right? But I feel like once he started getting cheered and, he, and especially after he came back from from Japan. Uh, he wasn't his usual self. Yeah. He was kind of dialed down a bit. And I don't think he needed to do that. Um, and I, I really love this match because I thought it could have been this pivotal moment where Andy has to really dig down deep and get dirty again. You know? So that's that's the purpose of this match. It's, it's really going to kind of restore um, a certain foulness to his character that makes him so beloved, I think, uh, up to this point. So this is a, this is a great match, man. Uh it's a classic. It's a classic. This match. <laughs> it is. But, it really uh, is. But Andy goes up, moving him along to the final match uh, down the road. Um, but yeah, what are, what are, what are we at right now? Like it's Andy. It's Andy and um, and Gary at this point. Yes. So so they're gonna have a ladder match for the first uh, Lawless Darkness, which is, um, you know pulling the curtain back a little bit brother like was basically we brought gary in uh for this tournament so yeah we set up andy dalton versus gary J for the lawless darkness at our next event yeah because match and and i mean what we have there is two guys that we know will just try to kill each other you know or kill themselves and each other yeah kill the crowd we were really looking for something kill the, kill the, yeah we knew that those guys in building up to this match would give us to me, like, we know what Gary can do. We know what Andy can do. We really wanted to just have them go crazy on one another. Um, and up next, we have probably one of my favorite matches that ever occurred in our ring. We had Delilah Doom def defending the XX Division title against Thunder Rosa. The thing I mo remember most about this match is just the different pace that Rosa wrestled at. It, it was just, it, it was a different speed than what we were used to, yeah. right? In in the area, um, 
and then it's still to be good. Like it didn't go off the rails. Like she kept that tempo. <clears throat> you never watch a Thunder Rosa match and don't think that she's trying to fucking kill the person she's in the ring with, no yeah. matter who it is. Um, and this was everyone else in the territory had had a Thunder Rosa match. And like people were just sticking titles on her too. Yeah. That's another thing that, was, that I think like weird. We tend to be very cognizant yeah. of, of what everybody is doing with somebody when they get real hot. Like, it's very similar to what was going on with uh, Moonshine when he came back recently. Yeah. Every company in the state was sticking their belt on him. And I think I think that made me not wary for any other reason than just like, oh, I want to do our own thing, you yeah. know. Um, but it was very clear that she was on everybody's radar and she was, you know. But I remember, too, Delilah was extremely worried that we were going to move the belt here. Yes. Like, she was like, everyone else is doing it. Like. It was like a moment of relief. I'm like, no, we're sticking with you. Like, we we just put this fucking thing on you. We're sticking with you. I had to actually. Yeah. She was. It was actually uh, in the other the dark room, the, the dark court. Uh, she pulled me aside and talked to me, and um, she said she was really scared. And I came to you and I said, "Can I just tell her what we have planned?" Yeah. And I remember like going back, and she she had cried. She yeah. was really worried, and so I pulled her aside and said, "Look, this. I'm going to lay everything out for you. This yeah. is what we're going to do." Yeah. And I laid out like the next year's worth of storylines, and she, she cried again. But this time it was like happy tears, you know, <laughs> tears was, of joy, tears of joy. Yeah, but this was really the match that I think Delilah deserved, um, caliber-wise. Uh, this is what the kind of match we were hoping for when we had her and Jessica. Thunder Rosa comes in, gives us an amazing match. So at this point, wasn't the quote, uh, you know, from her, "I want to be an inspire girl." Yeah, that came right? later, but. Which, Kind think, of f- touched our heart, right? Yeah, oh, it definitely did. But I was, man. I mean, she's a genius in so many ways. I think just even down to just her presentation, she knows how to get the crowd going. I mean, just her coming out to Selena. I mean, it was just it, in that in this city yeah. in this state, <laughs> just a stroke of fucking genius. She gets it. You have so yeah. many people who don't know how to identify or relate to their crowd. It's like I've had a million dumb assholes come out try to come out to like the red hot chili peppers and it's like i get it you have bad taste right but you do mean, hate the chili peppers. oh i fucking hate them but like you also know that a lot of people in this crowd in this market they're smart ass people they're not gonna you know if you come out to fucking higher ground they're gonna think you're a fucking goof you know it's like it's great i know you like that song but that doesn't mean that it relates uh, the, to everybody in the, the crowd. The Red Hot Chili Peppers actually make me physically ill. Like, I get a uh, motion sickness type feeling <laughs> from hearing anything that they do. Hopefully, once um, they get this but, COVID shit taken care of, they can work on a fucking Red Hot a Chai Peps vaccine. There you go. I fucking hate that <laughs> shit. Fucking. It, and and I, you, I cannot tell you how many times people have gone, I want to come out to fucking this Red Hot. Chili pepper song. I'm like, no chai pets, bro. All right. We're already past the Jordan Jensen airs. <laughs> Barely. Um, but yeah. No, he wanted to come out to Finch. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. You know I love you, buddy. Um, anyway, no. Fun, uh, Thunder Rosa, she gets it, man. She just yeah. gets it. And she takes... She takes uh, great and delicate care to consider every detail, every nuance. She's great with her merch. She's, I mean, I found she's a machine. She's a a machine. She just, I just found her to be an easy people. She's easy, good people to deal with. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I 
Love working with her. Anyway, uh, after this, man, I'm going to go back. We were talking about the Sammy situation, how yeah. he'd kind of disappeared from us very, very, uh, just overnight, <laughs> he became a hot commodity. And I got to say, man, it's a good thing we had that Tempo Albert match yeah. occur because, boy, that really helped us out here. It gave yeah. us a main event worth a damn. Um, where we had uh, a pure prestige number one contendership match. And tempo goes over, you know? Yeah, we, um, we full circle. We really yeah. needed it. And, you know, everybody was amenable to it. <laughs> uh, thank God. But also yeah. just this match, because of that first 35-minute time limit draw match, this one was, yeah. this felt People big. were pumped. Yeah. People were excited. Um, yeah, I, I think this one's even better. Yeah. You know? um, oh, yeah. It, it's, so it's, I think, yeah, no, this improves exponentially yeah. than the first one. I really love this match. It felt huge. I think the first one was the first time they'd ever worked. So I think the first time there was a little trepidation, and then they start get going. This one, they already know. They know where they're going right now. Yeah, out of the I game. mean, one of the things that you used to say to me um, a while ago is, uh, you you know, there's certainly something to be said for having the first in, first time encounter, but you really don't want that. When someone's doing a big match, like you're better off having the second time encounter. Yeah, because get the second or the third one, right? Yeah. Let them work out the kinks. Yeah, because then by then it's going to be badass. Yeah. You know? um, but no, no, I, I I agree with that after seeing it happen, and this is definitely proof of it. Just the first match was great. Yeah. But this match is just on another level, man. It's great. Um, but yeah, tempo goes over, setting up uh, Sammy versus Terrell. We hope. <laughs> But will we get there? Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the bigger question. So, I mean, I can kind of get into, in hindsight, sort of what was going on there with Sammy, too. So, there is this weird thing when guys take off like that um, with Keith, uh, with Sammy, with Ricky, right? Guys extend up the card. And you are, especially in promoter mode, and, and this is probably where promoters get the reputation of not wanting to pay or any of that stuff, but in your head, you get this budget down to, okay, this person's this amount and this person's this amount, and you start building your cards and your budget that way. You kind of lose track of, okay, well, shit, now this guy's on the same level as this guy that I bring in and pay a different amount. So... I think part of the issue and Sammy, this is the weird part, right? You wouldn't think about this from Sammy Callahan or Sammy uh, Guevara because he's so uh, boisterous, right? But he's really kind of like this sweetheart kid. Oh, he's he, goofy as shit, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, like, you know, we were off. Let's say, let's say we were offering him like fifteen Jolly Ranchers to come work <laughs> our show, <clears throat> but you know, um, you know. Mr. Gustafsson down the road was offering him fucking 30 Jolly Ranchers to fucking go do his, uh, his, uh, clean out his gutters or something, you know, and somebody else was offering him 40 Jolly Ranchers, right? You know, it all of a sudden that's a whole fucking bill, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's a electric bill or a fucking, you know, gas bill or whatever you got to do to make ends meet. So, you know, I finally we had the I finally put it together and went, "Hey man, do we need to reevaluate your fee cuz obviously you're doing big stuff." Yeah. 
<clears throat> and all of a sudden, <laughs> right, once we went, oh, it needs to be that. Yes, we can do that. That's not a problem, Sammy. I didn't. It slipped my mind. All of a sudden, once that happened was when it was like, oh, shit, his schedule's open and I can get him back into Austin. Yeah. I'm not going to say that was the only factor because I think he got busy and a lot busier than he was prepared for. I also think but I think a, it helped. There was also a genuine appreciation for being recognized. Yes. That says a lot yeah. to a lot of people as well. But, yeah, anyway, this match was phenomenal. This whole card, I mean, like a lot of our shows at that particular uh, venue were incredibly strong. They brought in we we brought in new faces. Uh, the flavor shifted again. It's kind of like Jack Torrance in the Overlook Hotel. We have a shining thing going. Yeah. With a lot of our venues, this this venue, we were definitely influenced by it, and I I really acknowledge and love that. I I do as much as I acknowledge AFS as our home, our our home base, and how much I wish we could just be there. I do. Even, even I do really acknowledge how important it is to sometimes get out of your comfort zone. I will even say that about Red Oak Ballroom. Yeah, you know, um, which I, it was not an enviable experience, and certainly this this venue had a lot of problems too. I mean, the bar situation was a fucking nightmare. The concessions were a fucking nightmare, and they cleaved into like the finances of the company. Yes, uh, extensively, <laughs> like but, almost killed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um. Yeah, I I love just how different these shows feel from uh, Red Oak and Marquesa at that time. So, yeah, anyway. Um, great show. Again, one of my favorites, right? Yeah. So if you, if you haven't checked it out, go on High Spots. We don't do a lot of plugs, man. We should. But we, we should. We really should. Go on High Spots. Uh, you know, pay the nine ninety nine. There's a lot of really cool stuff on there. Um, check out the show, man. Check out some of the other stuff that's on there. And before before we, we leave, man, let's just go down this list. I mean, you were kind of like going over just how many crazy names were associated with this card. Yeah, I like, mean, check it out, man. So, you like, you know, uh, Jonathan Gresham, exclusive talent to Ring of Honor. Uh, Davey Vega, who was on Beyond before Beyond um, went belly up, right? <clears throat> um you look at an Ivory Robin who is now, you know, you know, booking a uh, all female company that's pretty highly recognized. Matthew Palmer is now an Impact wrestler. <clears throat> you know, Dasher Hatfield is probably one of the hottest independent uh, scene guys out there as now a very good professional wrestler. Um, Steve O could be right there, man. Steve O's hanging with all those guys. Then you get into Rex Andrews, who um, was. Featured as uh, part of the um, t- TV that Ring um, ROW did, you know, was a big sign there. Kylie Ray was signed to AEW, was on Impact. Um, you know, as we keep going down here, uh, Ryan Davison, Tours of Japan, to, um, Thunder Rosa on AEW Weekly, NWA Women's Champion, you know, and then ACH, you know, who. <clears throat> is working with new Japan again and is, um, you know, was with WWE at one point, like just crazy talent. And that's all great. But this next generation, right? These next group that's going to come in, how do you know that, 
you know, five or six of those names aren't going to be the same deal. Um, I think with the right platform, they could be. And some I of think, these names could join that, too. Yeah, I agree. I think I think one of the things that we really need to focus on going forward is just continuing to give people a platform and context to do what they do best. Um, I think that's what we did in the past, and it's what we will continue to do. So, yeah, man, we're eager to get back to business. And hopefully we can see the light at the end of the tunnel as the vaccine continues to roll out. Um, but anyway, yeah, this was a great show, and uh, it was fun fun going over it. Not all not all cards are fun to revisit in my <laughs> head, just because, and not because they're bad, just just because there's a bunch of shit that kind of went down behind the scenes that eh, it can be a it can it can elicit PTSD. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we'll we'll see you guys back here next week when we revisit the show. What what what? Uh, a hero never dies. A very important one. Very important <laughs> one, especially in the history between Biss and I. It's a show title that actually has quite a bit of significance. Yep. But anyway, we'll see you back next week. Uh, until then. Bye.